welcome to the NAESP Principal Podcast. My name is Rachel George, and I'm an educational leader in Oregon, and I'm also an NAESP fellow. And my name is Adam Welcome. I'm an educator in California and also a fellow with Rachel with NAESP in the Innovation Center. Whoop, whoop. So, hey, as always... Adam and I are super excited to bring you all this episode of the Principal Podcast so we can legit talk about some real ideas with real people, amazing principles to really truly help make your leadership stronger and more innovative. And today you're in for a treat because it's one of our peeps from the IPC and Adam has the honor of introducing this amazing leader to you all. Heck yeah. I think this is our first guest from Arizona. We have Dr. Garth Cup in the Phoenix, uh, Arizona area. Garth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Give us some background on yourself. Um, you know, like how long you've been doing what you do. I know you've been in Arizona for a while just to kind of get all the listeners up to speed on Garth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This is my fourth year as a principal here at my current school, and I've been in administration for just over 11 years now, and this is my 17th year in education and 23rd year here in the Phoenix area. So, yeah. Yeah, dig it. Phoenix has like grown exponentially. I think y'all were like in the top five growth cities in the country. Is that right? Yeah, we are. I think we're the fifth largest city still in the United States, which is crazy to think of. I feel kind of like my dad because I grew up in the L.A. area and he used to say back when I was your age, this all used to be strawberry <laughs> fields or whatever. And I kind of feel like that way about Phoenix, too. It is just been grown so yeah. much. Yeah, back in the day. So you were a principal briefly for like one year before COVID and then during COVID and now post COVID. So I'm just curious. Rachel and I have actually had a lot of guests on the show all they know as a principal was COVID. Right. What, what, what was it like? So you went in having a year under your belt. Um, what are the differences? Are you glad you had that year compared to now? Kind of like juxtapose the two. So this is, I'm, this is my fourth year. So I started at the beginning of the pandemic. So Got my first it. year was the year that we started with the, it was, 2019 2020 school year so Mm -hmm. that i just got my feet under the ground and then february and march hit us and boom (laughs) yeah it's been uh, off to the races since so starting your fourth year what is something that you are proud of at your school site garth so i mean obviously my goals that i had when i first came into my current position those were immediately shifted i had to be adaptable as a leader um, in terms of that but something that i'm really proud of is just the resilience of our students and our staff as we've come out of the pandemic can you that's fantastic can you give me some examples of that resiliency and then maybe how you help foster it and encourage it along the way a lot of folks are really struggling with it right now. Absolutely. And I think you cut out there just for a second there, Rachel. So yeah, because, you know, I'm super awesome at hitting the mute button when I'm like. Is that talking. what you did? I did, yes. <laughs> I was using dramatic hand gestures. I've been working on being dynamic as a speaker. So dynamic that I like had a little mini like mute episode. <laughs> Do Should I repeat it or are you good? I think I've got the gist of the question. Okay. Yeah. 
So um, we've just been really fortunate at my site just to have little staff attrition um, over the past few years, given all of the things that we've gone through. We've had a pretty solid staff here over the past couple of years. And I think with that, we've been able to make some incredible gains with our students in terms of recovering from the learning loss. And some of the strategies that we've been able to put into place for students, intervening with them early and often in terms of their reading and their math. That's something that we have done a great job at. We've figured some things out during the pandemic when we were kind of in Zoom, out of Zoom. Some of our students were here at school. Some of our students were learning from home, um, just depending on where their families were at and things like that. We started this after school program a couple of years ago where we were able to do targeted intervention outside of the school day because as part of the pandemic, our school day was actually just tightened just a little bit. And we just found as our staff was just going around in circles, just looking at our data, we were just finding that we just didn't have the time within the first within that day. And we knew we always know that time is always something that we as educators always look as one of those factors that we just can't get over. So we decided to manufacture that time. And we were able to get together a program after school. We were able to pull some teachers who were teaching from home and some teachers here on campus. And we were able to pull students for about an hour after school and really give them that targeted intervention and support that they needed at the time that they needed it the most. We did not want to wait and see what would happen after this pandemic was over because it just felt like wave after wave after wave. We didn't know what was going to happen tomorrow, let alone six months or a year from now. We did not feel like we the kids deserved a lot more than that. And we wanted to intervene with them right then and there. So that's one thing that I was really proud of. And our staff does have that initiative. Whenever we see a problem of practice, we tackle it head on. We get to the root cause of it and we try to figure out whatever it takes to help our students succeed. Heck yeah. I want like a 15 page blog post on that. Rachel and I are going to talk to NAASP because I think that needs to be written up in the NAASP magazine because I feel like so many leaders, Garth, that I talk to, not that they waited on purpose, but we were waiting and waiting and like what's happening. We don't know. It well, it's not, it's not how we know how to do it. So we can't do it like that. So, and you know, like you said, time is the commodity that we all want more of. And you all, you all just went forward with it. And um, I just think that's uh, that's absolutely awesome. Now I'm curious, I'm going to go off script a little bit here, Rachel. I'm curious, what do you do as a principal when you maybe you're like bogged down or there's like 17 things going on and you just feel trapped maybe in your office and you feel trapped by all these decisions that you need to make. What do you do? Uh, you know, like as an example, just to kind of put a frame of reference in your mind, I used to just walk out my back door and go to a kindergarten classroom without my phone, without my walkie talkie and just hang out for 30 minutes. And it really kind of helped me to center where I was and then kind of filter down what were the most important things. So just kind of like with that example in mind, what do you like, what's a strategy or something that you do Garth to kind of help yourself get out of the fray and to be able to make decisions again? I, I try to get into the classrooms as much as possible. And one of my favorite things that I'm able to do, and I mean, just with some staff shortages and things like that, I know that 
um, a lot of administrators around the country are doing things that they normally wouldn't have done, like doing lunch duty, doing some janitorial type of things, serving food in the cafeteria. One of my favorite things, even though we're just about at that point right now, and I should probably find some wood to knock on, um, that we are just about fully staffed in our cafeteria. I still love to go to lunch duty and just talk to the kids and just on their own terms, like when they're not in that formal classroom environment and just be able to get to know them. And some one of the things that I try to do from the start of the year, whenever we have a new student, I try to get to know their names. And I don't know every single student's name in our building, but our kids don't know that because I know almost all of theirs because I'm out there on car line calling their names. When they're coming out of the car every single day, I try to greet them and say hi to them, have a great day, make it a great day. So I just try to get there and just remember my why, which is the kids. I love that. I appreciate you identifying the name piece. My friend Kate Barker that I co-authored the book Principled with um, talks about that, and that's one of her go-to strategies. So what are some of the hacks and strategies you use to actually implement that? Because I also know, unfortunately, some principals that don't make that a priority or claim their bad name people. So they don't know any names of their kids, which makes me so sad. So what are some tips you have for that? Highly so recommend powerful. doing car line duty after school or before school, because you get to know the kids' names, you're calling them, you're seeing them get into their car. And then when you're out in the community, if you live in the community like me, you could see them on the weekend and say, hey, that's Adam's car over there and wave at them as they're going by and everything. Um, but that's one thing that I would recommend, but just get into the classrooms and get to know their names. One cheat code, obviously, you know, sometimes at the beginning of the year, teachers have the names right there on the desks, you know, a second grader. How do you know my name? Man, I don't know. I just lucky guess. I like I guess. that one too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's super important. Uh, Garth, we love talking about books on the podcast. What are you currently reading? Or is there a book that you've read that you just really recommend all new leaders, experienced leaders, aspiring leaders read that you could uh, shout out on the podcast? So I've been trying to get into a better job at making reading a priority and happy to say uh, right now I'm reading a book called It's My It's It's Your Ship, um, which was very much recommended by two amazing podcasters, <laughs> fellows. Um, that's something we're doing in our IPC circle right now as we're going through that book. But uh, another book that I just recently read was Staring Down the Wolf, Seven Commitments That Forge Elite Teams. That's by Mark Devine. He's a former Navy SEAL and really just looking at leadership from his aspect because he's gone through life as not only a business leader before he became a Navy SEAL, but during his life as a Navy SEAL and then post career as a Navy SEAL as well as he's doing some other things as well. But just really breaking down some of those commitments that would help any leader forge elite teams. And that's something that I've tried to apply to the work that we do here as we have committees, coalitions, and different types of things that we or different types of groups of stakeholders. We try to really look at how do we get this group to the next level? And I found that book to be really helpful in that process. Have not read that second one. So I just added that to my Amazon cart. Thanks for the tip. All right. So let's think about positive culture we're in the winter months. It can be stressful. People are like burned out because they need a break. The holidays, 
there's a lot of baggage with that, right? We're heading into the armpit of the year, February. It's notorious for that. How are you keeping up that resiliency that you mentioned earlier when we first started talking and also that positive culture to carry us through? What are some tips and strategies that you implore? So I'm really fortunate. I have an amazing staff here at my school and we are really, we're going to try to make this a December to remember. So we're really going to um, try to focus on all of the positive in life. We have our PTO that's involved in this. Just recently, we had Thanksgiving just last week um, and our PTO, they have showered and are getting ready to shower our staff. They don't actually know about this yet with acts of gratitude from the community. They asked students and they ask parents just to write just simple notes to any staff member and collecting them. And we're going to be presenting those to our staff. So just little things like that and just doing positive little motivators. And I like to try to implement or just instill SEL and everything that we do in terms of our staff meetings. I try to start each uh, staff meeting with an icebreaker. We have a team here on our campus that we dub the Sunshine Committee because their sole job is to bring sunshine among our staff. And they try to do some icebreakers and getting to know you activities with the staff at the beginning of each staff meeting. And we also try to get together as much as possible. So this year, we've really focused on getting to know each other out of work because the last few years, as you guys know, that hasn't been a priority. And we want to make sure that we're doing that, but also really focusing and we're getting ready to get into the holidays. So starting to focus on the mental and the mental wellness and also the physical wellness of our staff as well. Starting in January, we're going to participate in a steps challenge. Um, Last year, we kind of did that on a small scale and we had a few of our staff members that were involved in that. Every year here in the Phoenix area, we have the Pat Tillman Pats run. And one thing that we like to do, we start to get amped about that right after the holidays. We invite any of our staff members to participate in that. Our health assistant here, she kind of is one of the coaches of that and our PE teacher as well. And we get out there, we run, and we extend that community, that invitation out to our community as well. Proud to say we've got a couple of other schools in my district that are participating and their leaders ran in it last year. So that was a lot of fun. I had a big goal of uh, beating all of them, but I ended up pushing a double (laughs) stroller with both of my kids in it. So there's a little bit of a hill nothing like what you guys experience in your neck of the woods where you're from but for us that's a little bit of a hill and that was challenging so dude i liked you before garth but just you pushing the double jogger man i did that for years um so mad mad respect i love the steps challenge you know it just really gets everybody hopefully staying healthy also too you think about like the classified and the office staff, I think it's really important to get them involved because it gets them walking around the building. So they actually know what's going on. I feel like so often people that work in the office just stay in the office and you get them getting to know people's names, you know, seeing teachers and just kind of getting that visibility. It is uh, is super duper important. Well, we just want to give a shout out to all the people that listen to the podcast. You know, Rachel and I get messages and ESP gets messages on a weekly basis. Just like, thanks for starting the podcast. I think we're on episode like 49. Um, This is going to be episode 48 of the podcast. It just kind of started. Rachel and I were like, let's start a podcast. And there's so many new voices on the podcast. So thank you, everybody that has been with us from the beginning and that all the new listeners. Uh, One last thing, NAESP.org. Garth is a member and we would be remiss if we did not talk about the national conference, which is happening next July in National Harbor, Maryland. Just go to NAESP.org. 
click on events. They already have announced the keynote. Uh, Houston Craft, Joanne McKeachin and Freeman Rabowski the third. It's going to be an awesome, awesome conference. Precon July 9th, conference July 10th to the 12th, naesp.org. Dr. Garth Cup. Super fun talking with you today. Uh, thanks for making the time. You know, Rachel and I often ask people, and it's really hard to get people scheduled. They're busy, and Rachel and I, we uh, we get that. You know, Rachel and I have busy schedules. So, Garth, thank you again for coming on for projecting your voice, and everybody out there listening. Thanks for all you do, and we hope you have an amazing day. 